0: episode number 93 hosted by blackout first and foremost rest in peace to cedric benson former nfl running back former obviously college football running back he played at the university of texas he played for my beloved chicago bears and he also played for the cincinnati Bengals. i'm not sure where he went after that but i do know he did decent from my team for a little while and it's a man who lost his life at the age of 36 the same age as me it's unfortunate, but these damn motorcycles, man, I'm telling you, for me, it's scary. I used to want one as a, as a young buck. I used to think I'd be able to get one. I could handle it. And then the older I got, the further I got away from that thought because the older I got, the more I saw. So if anybody who listens to this podcast rides a motorcycle, plans on riding one, or has ridden one in the past, if you, you remain unscathed from riding a motorcycle, I'm glad you did. And if you're thinking about getting one in the future, I would just say think long and hard and uh that sounds wild but think think deep about it that sounds even worse think about it a whole lot and please 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 be safe because even though you are confident in your abilities other people are on the road with you and them being in the car and the way cars are designed to make us more comfortable we lose focus people fuck off play with the phone do all type of stupid shit in the car, which could lead to somebody in a motorcycle trying to pay attention being harmed. So, please, please pay attention. I know a couple of guys who got motorcycles a few years back. A lot of those guys got in accidents. And most of them were pretty fucked up for a while. I know one of them is still really dealing with that shit. One of them hit a fucking deer. I don't know how he did that silly shit, but knowing that guy, he was probably out there doing hot boy shit. Not to, you know, not to not to say that this accident isn't tragic, because it is. It's just that, you know, you got you to gotta pay all types of attention when you're riding a motorcycle. And, you know, especially these days, especially in California, where you can split lanes. I know people that, I see people do it all the time, and it always freaks me out, because we aren't paying attention as much as you would like us to be, 100%. And a lot of times, those bikes, you know how they... They get the rush when they slide through the lanes, but they're freaking people the fuck out, whether they know it or not. And uh, I, I kind of hate that law. Like I want y'all to get where y'all going, but I really, really think I dislike that law because uh, it puts me in a weird, weird spot. But anyway, back is no playing this ride. Rest in peace, Mr. Benson, man. Uh, I feel for your family. Also, I want to say Peter Fonda passed away. I don't know how recent that was, and I'm not too familiar with his work, but. Rest in peace to him as well. I know he was a prominent guy. And, you know, Shout out to everybody who was, who was a fan of his and his family and all that because you never want to see anybody die, but it's always magnified when they're a person who's had an effect on somebody's life, whether it's big or small. It's still somebody that was a recognizable figure by millions of people. So I, I wish his fans and family and supporters the best. God. I want to say it was lung cancer that ended up being his ultimate demise, unfortunately. But, hey, we got to carry their names on and continue to push for treatments for all different types of cancer and for fucking motorcycle safety. Because way too many people get hurt on those damn things. And I'm scared. So I'm never getting one. So (laughs) that's the end of that. Moving on. Not a lot my schedule is going to be weird for the faithful listeners on the podcast it's going to be weird and this is what i was telling you guys a few months ago when i started dropping hints like i'm not sure how much longer i'm going to be able to do this on a regular basis i know for sure there's going to be like a month-long gap to where i can't do anything coming up um october time frame it's not gonna be a break because i'm gonna be working at my real place of employment but there's going to be a significant break in between the uh the episodes and I'm going to do whatever I can to to make it not hurt as far as I'm going to keep paying the fee to keep the podcast on. So if you guys want to go back and listen to old ones, or if you want to venture off and listen to something else, this shit will still be here wherever you listen to it at, whether it's Apple, Google, YouTube, SoundCloud, whether you're actually going to um, Lipson, wherever else this podcast is, it'll still be there. It'll just be a big break in the time frame from when I make another episode. So... I'll be sure to keep you guys informed on that. But it's happening. It's going to happen, and I can't do shit about it because it's, it's work shit. It has to be done. But maybe I'll come back more refreshed than ever. Maybe I'll learn some things and some new tricks or whatever to make the podcast sound better. New subject matter, new time frame, new country, new me. But that is the heads up. So this podcast, not this one. But what would be number 94 may not be there next Sunday. It may either come earlier or later than that. But there will be a number 94. Moving on again. I like to watch the news. And watching the news a lot of times makes me angry. Luckily, due to the high volume of work I've been doing, I've been missing out on it and only catching a little bit. But one of the things that happened to catch is that somebody from Fox News managed to piss off the press. And when I saw who it was, I wasn't really surprised. But at the same time, it's still kind of awkward when you see it happens between him and Fox News. Like, when they do something that he doesn't approve of or anybody's critical of him, he gets he seems to get even more irritated than he does when it's somebody from CNN, because that's his normal. That's the liberal news station, whatever. And they consistently, daily, round the clock, talk shit about him but when the home team does it it always stings a little more it's like your wife or your, your you know your child or your your mother or somebody close to you getting a joke on you we like damn like it hurt when it come from you because we close and that seems to be his emotion and um it was one of the hosts on from the show the five that comes on it's like basically five journalists writers um people who have passed being advisors and for presidents or just other shit in politics They sit there and they talk about the news of the day, week, month, year, whatever. And um, this is all conservative show for the most part. But one of the guys on there, his name is Juan Williams, older, black, maybe Latino mixed type of guy. But he has often uh, been critical of the president. He was talking about how he's being um, with him, with him being unpredictable and how he goes about shit. Uh, I guess in a, in a bullish or brutish manner, it's kind of turning people off to him and it's affecting the fucking stock market. The Dow dropped 800 points, and that was his strong you know, his strong suit is always the economy because that's what Republicans thrive on making the money for the capitalist system that thrives off poor people, yada, yada, yada. It took a hit. And obviously, it would be a sensitive um, point for a person who's all about money who's all about business, Mr. Art of the Deal, a book that I'm pretty sure he bought from somebody else and threw his name on, much like how he licenses his name out for buildings and shit. But anyway, he said something about it, and the president didn't like it, called him pathetic and nasty and all that shit. And, just, and it's just, it's a character thing for me, man. It's like I, I said recently, like, what you do in the daytime gives me a real inkling or a real a real feel for what you do at night. In other words, what you do in front of the camera has to be way less worse than what you do off camera and off social media. Cuz if you could be this terrible in front of people, you got to be a whole different level of shitbag when nobody's looking or when minimal eyes are on you. That's just me. That's just how I feel about it. Because this this level of sensitivity, like I can't even call it petty because it's just reactive and sensitive. That's all it is. And it's something that should be so beneath a sitting president that it's, it is wild. The media is going to criticize you. That is their job. That is how they get paid. You open up criticism by doing the dumb shit you do. It's like it, it's literally like pissing in the wind and then getting mad when somebody says, yeah, he pissed in the wind. Like you did it to yourself and then got mad at them for knowing it, for knowing and noticing and saying something about it. It's ridiculous to me. But people still support it. And that that's the crazy thing about it. People blindly support everything he does, everything he says. They are all oh, this. Now, all over Twitter, like, oh, yeah, well, Wild Williams is, apparently he's the worst person in the world today because this guy said so. Vagina grabber. The guy who makes fun of handicapped people. I won't say the guy. I say the president that makes fun of handicapped people. The president that once said that he just grabs him by by the vagina. That guy. Don't even ask, just do it. The president. Who's in it, you know, I'm not even gonna talk about that. Just figure out who Katie Johnson is in relation to Jeffrey Epstein. Go figure out who Katie Johnson is. And what she said about Homeboy. That's what I'm gonna give y'all. Who is Katie Johnson? Think about that. Go think about that and with the combination of what who this person is. And I just um I dislike people who support him more than I dislike him. If you can't tell me, hey, I hate him as a fucking person, but I do like his policies. If you can't at least say that, I have no respect for you as an adult making decisions. Because clearly, clearly you are operating at a level so far beneath mine, I don't need to conversate with you. And that's something I would tell people to the face. You have lost all credibility with me. If you accept his poor excuses as credibility. Guy tried to tell me it was locker room talk. Like that wasn't he wasn't in the locker room when he said it. He was in the fucking T V production trailer about to conduct an interview. That had nothing to do with the locker room. That's just him. That shit rolled off his tongue. Nothing about that was a joke. That was him just fucking talking. I'm old enough to be able to have sense enough to know what he was saying. But anyway, I was just I just wanted to see to say how, how fast it is, how easy it is to push that button, to just push it and for him to react. And it's like, I don't know how <laughs> he got the job he has now, I really don't. And the crazy thing is, he's gonna, I don't see him losing, he's gonna keep the job because he keeps making people money. So I just don't see it going away do I like it? No, I would absolutely like to see somebody run against him. In fact, there's a former governor of a South Carolina city who's, I guess, f- trying to field what the feeling would be if he was to run in opposition to him for the Republican nomination. They already said uh, Skimmer Coochie, Skimmer Coochie, however you say his name, the guy who was supposed to be his, um, I forgot the name, I forgot the name of the fucking job. I can't believe it. Whatever uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the press secretary, the, the guy who was his press secretary, Smircucci or Scaramucci, the guy whose name I keep messing up, he even said, he suggested that, that the GOP should pick somebody else. And I think, really, that is the only real way for the Republican Party to get their credibility back, is to go a completely different direction. Like, okay, cool, you got us here, thanks, we're back in there. We no longer need you. If the speaker is going to say in the book that you know nothing about government, the former speaker um, Paul Ryan is going to say you know nothing about government. I mean, that's the go ahead. If if Mueller saying everything you need to move forward is right here, you know, in the report, like that's all you need to be like, hey, we, we're done. The volatility, the volatility of the market. Come on. You know what I mean. The six people that went to jail from his cabinet, or from his campaign managers to his lawyers, like there is enough for you to be like, hey, you know what? It's been a ride. Cool. Let's move on. That's the only way I can see them getting their credibility back as a as a party. And I mean, is with their hardcore Republicans, the Republicans that may lean more to the center. And then maybe even potentially any people in the middle that aren't so cool what the left is doing. You want to get those names, I mean those body, well, those numbers, you got to step away from this. You got to. The, the hardcore Republicans that are supporting this guy just because, they're not going to go anywhere. Because if they don't stick with, that, with the Republican Party, they're, the left is too far left for them, obviously, if they're fucking with this guy. Where are they gonna go? They're gonna go back to the middle? They're not gonna do that because then where does that vote go? So the best bet for the Republicans to get the integrity back, they gotta go elsewhere. That's just me. If they want the integrity, but well, we all know they don't want it. They want, the, they want the seat in the White House. They want the power stroke in the White House. We all know what they want. But I'm just saying, and what should be the real world that would be the move, in my opinion, to do it. But I'm just me. I'm just me. And if I have to suffer through it for next for four more years, I'll do it, and then we'll see what happens after that. But um, yeah, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be a ride. And what's gonna come with that is the same thing that happened with Obama. It's gonna make wake make more people wake up. Just like I guess the if you want to say the white woke up they woke up and so he really can't fuck with the left and having, you know, them having black people in the white house or whatever. It's making young people that do not like what the Republicans are doing highly aware. So in the next few years when they can vote, there will be a change. Just like how you saw the young people that were came up under that Tea Party shit, that way of thinking, these people that support Trump, these motherfuckers were in high school probably for the first term of Obama. And then over his there's two terms, they all got out of high school, all turned 18, they were to the vote, and that's what they did. They won all those seats, but you can see they lost the house already. we going to see. That's all I can say is we going to goddamn and see. In sports-related news, my nice terrible segue, future Hall of Famer, and I do mean future Hall of Famer, and often victim of the media, usually do to things he does himself. Dwight Howard is drawing interest from my beloved Los Angeles Lakers who are in the midst of super teaming right now. But unfortunately DeMarcus Cousins who came off an Achilles who then came off a thigh has now torn his ACL and it is out indefinitely. So this is causing him to look at Dwight Howard, who I think is under contract for the with the Grizzlies right now, but the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are going to allow the Lakers to look at him and talk with him and see about getting him to come over there. For them, they're probably like, cool, we get to relieve some of this money and go somewhere else. We're already going to be in rebuild mode anyway. We already got a big man. We really don't need him, so he's getting older. We'll see. We'll see if he gets to put on that Laker jersey again and redeem himself because this is a shot. This is a real shot. If Dwight Howard can remain healthy and play with LeBron, A.D. Who else they got? I forgot who else they got. That might be it. And Kuzma and Rondo and Amy Bradley. If he can fit in with that group, that is a huge, huge, huge weight off the shoulders of Anthony Davis. Because now you have somebody who's a rim runner, who can anchor the defense, which will allow Anthony Davis to step out and be mid-range to the the wing. You know what I mean? It it takes a lot of stress off him defensively. And it's going to keep people out the paint, which will relegate them basically to shooting threes, and you're going to have statistically at least two of the best rebounders in NBA history there in fucking LeBron and um, Dwight Howard. And we know A.D. can get boys as well. So this will be a huge acquisition for the Lakers if everybody remains healthy. We've already seen one of them go down. And this may kind of cancel out what they got going on over there as far as with the Clippers, with them having Montrez Harrell and the young boy Zuber. But we shall see. It'll be interesting to see. Like I would like for it to happen for, my, for Dwight Howard and for the Lakers because My Bulls aren't going to get anywhere near a championship this year. It'd be great, but it's not going to happen. So if my Lakers can get there, as much as I don't like how the team came together, it's still my team. And I root for the team over the players. Like I cheer the players on when they go elsewhere, and my team's not in the mix, I cheer them on. But the, the team is what I'm loyal to for the most part. I'm loyal to the team. That's just me, old school mentality. But, hey, it is what it is. We shall see, but uh, hopefully the Lakers can snatch him up. The Grizzlies don't need him, don't want him for real. He's just there, so they might as well let him go if they can reach an agreement financially. I think Dwight Howard should do it because, I mean, you're in L.A., yeah, it's going to cost you more to live there, but the the marketing that comes with that being a, a big market is right there for you. They'll welcome you back. They need you. They're desperate to win because they know LeBron's got a limited, limited amount of time. But I'm just saying. Now, in more sports slash social, slash music news, my man Jay-Z. Now let me lay the, the foundation for this saying that I'm 100% completely biased in this situation because this is my favorite musician of all time, right? And, this is, and him, watching him as a businessman has been something that's inspired, I want, I hope, millions of young black men and white men and just everybody to come from the situation he did to grind as long as he did to be successful, as long as he has been and continues to do. Hopefully he's been an inspiration across the spectrum. But he is currently drawing a lot of criticism because of this deal he just did with the NFL. And with this deal, apparently he's going to be able to get some stake in NFL team. What his role is, his role is to be, I'll say rock, his role is on more in a social justice angle, to, to kind of be an advisor to the NFL about how they should handle issues as a relation to the people in the country, right? The business side, the more business side of it is his company, Rock Nation, will be the production company choosing the music for NFL events. And Jay-Z's going to produce the halftime show. If I read it correctly. The issue with this is not the, not the business side. Well, the business side leads over into the social side. People are pissed. I first heard about the deal. I was like, okay, look at Jay-Z making moves. The yeah, hoes don't stop. Still making moves. i like another album, but he's still making moves. Okay, cool. I didn't really think about it. Again, I was at work too preoccupied to really dig into it and give really a whole lot much more of a fuck than I do now. Like, I really didn't care that much. It's like, hey, man, he make moves. That's what I'm used to him doing. Social justice role, that's cool. Kind of check them on their shit. Being an advisor, directly connected to the culture, seen as a legend, icon, whatever. To me, it made sense. Now, people who are who were really in support of Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed they feel differently about it. They feel like Jay-Z sold out. And for me, I was like, damn, like, people really feel like this? I need to go to kind of go look at this and see what they're talking about because, you know, nobody's above criticism, even people that I've liked as far as what they're doing in their profession for years. Like, you would listen to this podcast and think that I fucking hate LeBron James because I think Michael Jordan is the GOAT, which is the absolute absolute opposite of how I feel about LeBron James as a basketball player and as as just a figure in society. Right? But for me, I I gotta look at shit from all angles. I'm gonna criticize him when he does some shit that I think is kind of not meeting the standard that I think it should be at. Same thing with Jay-Z. I'm going to be critical when I think that it's a little shady. So I look at it from the side first of the people who are upset. And they're saying that like, um, they're saying that he kind of sold them out. He didn't talk to them. He didn't talk to Kaepernick about it first. I want to be 100% clear when I say this. Jay-Z don't have to talk to no motherfucking body before he makes a move. He's been an icon damn near 20 years before Cap was an icon. And I won't even say icon. He's been a huge figure out and I say at least 10 to 15 years before cap was a huge figure he's been at this for a while he don't need nobody's fucking permission to do nothing if he feels like it's going to benefit himself his business his family or the culture I just want to be clear when I say that he don't need cap permission to do shit Straight up and down. Now, would it have been, have been nice if they had a conversation, they talked about it, chopped it up? Sure. On Cap's side, they're saying that his, his the people that are his spokesperson, his spokespeople, if you want to put it that way, are saying it never happened. Jay's side, they're saying it happened. And that could be just as much as them two actually getting on the phone together. It could be text messages. It could be what a, I think it was people that work with or for both of them maybe one side reached out and it felt like they got this back and reported back something else and maybe one side felt like they weren't reached out to because i'm going to assume that these both these people have publicists and spokespeople and all that have to deal with their day-to-day shit that they don't deal with themselves directly who knows if they spoke or not to me is irrelevant he don't have to speak to him for shit jay-z acknowledging the shit that he's done should be enough. People may not agree with my stance on this. Looking at it with a short view, I could understand the frustration of Eric Reid who was directly involved in the shit, who called a whole hell of a lot of shit for it. I could understand Cap kinda being frustrated because he was at the forefront of it. But then that's where it stops. Because if Cap can get paid by Nike, if Cap and Eric Reed can both reach settlements from the NFL and get paid, why can't Jay-Z go into business with the NFL? That's my issue. Because when the settlement happened, shit stopped. I know the league ain't full-fledged started yet, it's preseason. But once the settlement came through, the shit stopped, at least on the grand scale. Now, I have no doubt that these two gentlemen are still making shit move outside of the spotlight and with their own organizations, the thing they got going on. I believe that without looking it up or searching for it 100%. I believe in my brain that that's happening. Their presence alone puts a certain energy in the room when you see Eric Reed, when you see Kaepernick. I believe that 100%. They're leaders. What I'm looking at is like, okay, so what happens next? Right? Just last year, Diddy Puffy, Sean Combs, was interested in buying the Carolina Panthers. He was interested in putting in the group, putting a group together so they can acquire the Panthers. He's like, and fuck it, we'll give up, we'll make sure Cap gets a tryout. Maybe since there's zero black owners in the NFL and it's largely ran by white males, maybe with this Jay-Z getting his foot in the door, you don't know what his intent is. You have no clue. You're looking five minutes, ten seconds, maybe, into the future on this, as much as a share, because you pissed. But look at it top-down view, black-owned company. Black entrepreneur, super successful black entrepreneur, black-owned company, employs a lot of black people, will be choosing the music for NFL events. What is that going to do? If you look at the NFL, your music, you think Shania Twain or whoever that was, the female that sung the fucking Monday Night Football song for a little while, You're thinking Hank Williams. That's them being on TV every Monday. Every Thursday, every Sunday, whatever day that shit comes on, that's them being on TV every time. When you have a a black musician that owns a black record label, now you can put black artists in the positions to be seen on a regular basis, to a much wider offer, audience, a lot more often. This is marketing. This is potentially giving somebody royalties. They play the Super Bowl over again, that performance airs, I'm pretty sure somebody gets paid. This is giving black artists more exposure. This is a way, if you have somebody in the seat, when the NFL before the NFL fucks up, somebody can be there to be like, hey, before you make this move, don't do it. It's checks and balances. This is why you shouldn't do that. This is why... This is why you put somebody in that spot. If the NFL is going to at least try to do something positive... And yes, they went out and got a billionaire. But this is a billionaire directly connected to the culture. They went out and got a name for a reason. And if this was something that was meant to be underhanded, I highly doubt that Jay-Z would have went public, would have let the shit go public. If he were just trying to play the background and, and do the Mr. Burns with his fingers, I highly doubt that they would have let the shit go public. It would have been like a silent deal. It would have never got out. So the growing pains people are having with this is like, nah, I just, I just don't see. After sitting there looking at it, you can't, call a billionaire a sellout he's already made his billions so what's the purpose of him doing it this deal is to push it forward so maybe a group of black owners or another black billionaire millionaire gets into position to buy stake in the nfl team he's going to be the first I guess somebody has to catch all the bullets to make sure it's safe for everybody else. Because he's going to catch the heat. But, I mean, if, if Kaepernick's getting, he donated some money. That was, he donated a lot of his money. And I respect him for that. I never shit on him for that. He did his thing. He raised a lot of awareness. But he also got paid by Nike. He also got a settlement for the NFL. Now, if he was going to tell me, like, hey, you know what? When Cap got his $10 million from the NFL in that settlement, you know what he did? He paid all the – he gave a little bit of money to all the players who got fined after following his footsteps. That would be something different than me. That would be, that'd be something that Jay-Z could never touch. I understand his stream of income has been cut off, but I can't hold another man accountable who wasn't in that same position. I can't hold him accountable for that. So, so let me just give people a little background. Before y'all call Jay-Z a sellout, think about how this man tried to break into the record business, couldn't get a deal, went independent three black owners of his record label and started pushing tours created other black millionaires or even just created a space for other black men to to potentially be millionaires, I'm stuttering like a motherfucker but he opened up the door like hey I'm gonna go out here and wrap my ass off to try to get a deal so we can partner up and have our company and we can go make money. Him and his two partners, Kareem Biggs and Dame Dash. They can't get a deal, they say fuck it, we gonna sell it out the trunk and get our own money. They do that, they bring in Memphis Bleak, they bring in Beanie Siegel, they bring in mill who later fell off, they get the young guns out of Philly, they get a couple more guns out of Philly, they get, they get Freeway, you know what I mean? They do rock nation. There's more black people employed. I'm trying to figure out where where the selling out happens. I'm just trying to figure it out. Just keep going with me though. You then become, you over at Def Jam, you got Jeezy, Ross, Rihanna. You went and got Kanye. Dame Dash went and got Kanye. Excuse me. When well, you worked with Kanye on some songs and had an album out, Kanye is now a massive artist who has a record label full of black people who have become millionaires or very well paid. You have producers that have worked with you, and because they've got your stamp of approval working with you, these producers can now charge a fee that get them paid. Man, that's a lot of money coming back to the black community. That is a whole lot, because one person went out there and wrapped his ass off. And even if you got partners that went and got these other people, they only wanted to be on the label because you were there. They needed you on the single for the single to sell, for them to make money for their families. But we'll keep going. The 4040s employing more black people. Katrina happens. You donate a million dollars to the victims of Katrina, matching Gansu, the fucking NFL. Now, before that, you go to Columbine, where you go to Denver, Colorado, and donate the profits from the show you did in Denver to the people in Columbine. But he's selling out. You step up and you push when fucking 21 Savage gets deported. I've spoken about it. Fucking Meek Mill sitting in jail Jay-Z hires the lawyers. The young boy, Khalid Browder, his story about him being wrongly in prison and the torment and shit he dealt with in jail was so fucked up that when he came home, he, commi- he committed suicide. You produce or you... What's the word I'm looking for? You spearhead the documentary about the, the criminal justice system and what he went and what he went through. But niggas won't even talk about that shit. Wayne, money, Lil Wayne. For those who don't know, it's crippling fucking tax debt. About seven million that came from Jay Z. But he's selling out. You start title, you buy title, and you you have other artists buy in the title so they can be more controlling their music. But you selling out. Elliot Wilson, B-Dot, who else works the title? There's a lot of people that eat well because Jay-Z decided to wrap his ass off. Because Jay-Z decided when they told him no, he said, fuck that, I'm going to keep going. And with his with his homies, Damon Dash and Kareem Big Burt, they built a company that later became a fucking umbrella. But somehow being married to one of the most successful artists of all time and being one of the most successful artists of all time, having generational wealth, he sells out by making a deal with the NFL. I don't get it. Because what was the next step? Were people going to kneel all season long again? Or was the next step to do something, to take action? How do you take action if you're not a part of it? You're just sitting there watching it. I mean, if you going to hold Jay-Z accountable for going to get this money and being able to control some shit that has that's linked with the NFL, as far as being able to put different musical acts out there, as far as being to be able in the, to be in their ear when, in terms of social justice, but you're not mad at the people still fucking playing football, They still getting their checks from the NFL. People still watching football. I'm just trying to figure out what the next step was. I don't understand it. Like, when you look at it for that, oh, that's fucked up. What were you going to do? And then the silence, but but, no, that's fucked. No, 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 but what were you going to do? how are you going to help? You're just going to sit your ass right there, talk some shit, and not really do nothing. That's what you're going to do. And you're going to wait for somebody like Kaepernick to risk his career. But meanwhile, this man has been donating money for the past 20 years, who's been helping people build their careers, guiding people, there's a reason why these motherfuckers cling to him, the Meeks, the Waleys, I mean, look at J. Cole. How long was J. Cole rapping before he got picked up? Like, the umbrella is real. The umbrella is real. You look at J. Cole. J. Cole got Dreamville. Got a lot of artists over there, man. The umbrella is very, very real. It's because one guy and his friends decided not to quit. And they made a lot of black and Latino people a lot of money. It created a lot of opportunity for a lot of black and Latino and white and Asian people by starting multiple companies. And motherfuckers weren't happy for him when he decided to make moves that other people didn't understand. But if you look at it from just a, a music business thing back in the say early two thousands when he when Rockefeller split up. And it got out that Jay-Z, I guess, was doing things more corporate than people would like. But then look at the trajectory of his career after that. Because people want to stay and do shit in the street. And we realized, like, the the streets is poison, man. It's poison. Kid got shot by the police the other day in Colorado Springs. 19-year-old boy. I don't know... If he robbed these people or not, but there was an armed robbery, supposed to happen in the vicinity he was at. The cops pull up, tell them boys take their hands up, you know, pull their hands up and shit. The boys they do it, cool. The cops go to check him. homeboy take off running, peer Now you can't see his hands because they have the video, the body cam footage of him from the back, and. It looks like he's holding up his pants, but he could be reaching for a gun. The cop shoot the kid, he ends up dying. Lo and behold, they find a gun on him. What makes a young man think that he needs to have a gun on him in broad daylight while he's just kicking it? Street life. That's why I say there's a ton of evidence that street life don't fucking work. That's why we still have ghettos and hoods and we don't have communities and neighborhoods because the street life don't fucking work. It's as simple as that. It don't work. That's why jail overpopulated. Now, there are situations and I think systems that heavily influence the likelihood of somebody turning to the streets. I don't debate that. Conspiracy is me, I think, it's part of the plan, to be honest. But it's like once you're aware that, hey, we feel like if we out here doing certain things and we encounter the police with us being young, black, and looked at as danger, there's a likelihood that we can get shot the fuck up. We gotta we gotta act like we know. We know. We just not acting like we know we have to act like we know like we can't keep putting ourselves in situations where we gonna get these motherfuckers a license to kill us. Because guess what? If you're out there engaging in a certain activity that's against the law and you act a certain way when you get approached by these people, they're already on you know, 10 by the time they get called. As soon as they get that call on the radio, that adrenaline is running. So by the time they get to you, you're going to have to expect aggression. They're going to try to take control of the situation because they're fucking scared and I'm not justifying nobody getting murdered by the police wrongfully. Never will I justify that. But we have to take some responsibility as black people and stop putting ourselves in these situations. One hundred percent. I know it's fucked up out here. I know it's bad for a lot of people. I also know that if somebody owns a store, it's fucked up for me to go in there and try to rob that store. I also know if I'm out here selling drugs, drug trafficking directly correlates to violence in neighborhoods and addiction amongst my people. I also know that. I also know that by me being the drug dealer, I increase my chances of having negative interactions with police officers. I know this. And I also know that my interaction with a police officer can be fucked up in the event that they know or believe I'm a drug dealer. They're going to believe I'm violent. So we have to to look at this to really like do some self-reflection, fix our own house and look at this shit. It ain't gonna fix itself. But you mad at a motherfucker who made it for opening up doors <laughs> and employing a bunch of black people y'all y'all crazy man y'all make me laugh shit ain't funny though and with that being said I'm gonna go ahead and shut it down man just remember before you before you judge think about it it's been in the public eye for a long time done a lot of good got a lot of hate for it but it's all good. Y'all be chill out there, man. Remember to change the world. Start with yourself. Change the world. Be a better person every day. And hopefully what you do will resonate with somebody else and make them want to do the same. You only got one life. Live it. Learn something new every day. Be cool out there, man. One love.